Peggy Sue is about to leave her present behind. Do you think time travel is possible? To start over in her past. Oh. You want an Ansel? <laughs> I want to have fun. I'm going to go Liverpool and discover the Beatles. What if you fall into the hands of some madman with plans to manipulate your brain? Well, that's why I was getting a divorce. From Francis Coppola. I have a headache. Kathleen Turner. Peggy Sue got married. Or will she? Welcome back to the podcast, Old Millennials Remember Movies. I'm Angelie Oshiko here with my co-host, Tyler Wilson. Welcome! I'm... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I just, you know, Tyler, you sat down today, I sat down, and I looked at you and I just said, oh, I just fucking can't with you tonight. What, what are you doing? What, what are you, are you doing about? to me? What? Why? There's no video. What are you talking about? <laughs> So you've been growing this giant, scraggly, bushy-ass beard for, I don't know, four or five months. No, not no, that long. A couple months, maybe. Oh, is a couple so much longer than four? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot more. Couples denotes two. I don't think you have a sense of the passage of time. Mm -mm. Anyway, you had this big, scraggly beard. You, you shaved some of it yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And you left, I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> it's like a half of a, well, it would be like a soul patch. If it was like short, but, but it's see, very no, 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 long no, no. Okay, okay. But here's the but thing. But stop. Half of it. But stop. Uh -huh. So like, when other people shave, they actually shave their skin. You only trim, so you've still got a good quarter inch of hair all yeah, over. Yeah, no, I like that. So that doesn't count as a soul patch because well, you no. can't even tell. No, I'm just trying to like as a reference point. That it's like a go. It's like there. a disconnected goatee. But now I've now I've shaved off half of it. Half of the beard goatee part. Mm -hmm. It was mostly just to get a reaction out of the kids and to kind of my our seven year old constantly tell me like, Dad, you need to shave that. And to just fuck with me. Mm -hmm. Like I gotta look at this. <laughs> yeah, I'll shave right after we're done recording. God damn it, Tyler. <laughs> okay. Here we are. We're talking about movies and TV, and today we're going to be talking about a little gem that you've been inspired to watch after reading your Age of Cage book, which yeah. you've mentioned on a couple episodes before this. Mm -hmm. And so we watched from the year... 1986. Uh, Piggy... Right in front of you. Yeah. It, no, it's actually fucking not. Okay, I have I the you YouTube... I have the I YouTube you clip in front of me right I now. gave you a document. And God, you're such a dick you. to me. You didn't even write a What Do You Remember? I don't write them when I haven't watched the... You don't write them anyway. <laughs> you know what? I've just about had it with your bullshit today. <laughs> You're on your own. Okay. I'm just going to sit here and drink my Diet Dr. Pepper. Okay. <sighs> Go ahead. Oh, what? About what? <laughs> <laughs> so, at the back half of the episode, we'll be traveling back to 1986... Oh, yeah. We to talk about... Movie. No, you fucking dick. Uh, Peggy Sue Got Married, yeah. which stars Nick Cage and uh, Kathleen, Kathleen Turner. Turner. Yeah. And we'll get into that. But that's where we went, and that's where we're going. Before we get there, though, let's talk about what we've been watching recently. We have a long list. Yeah, yeah for us, we've been, wa we've, been, we've been very actively enjoying... Well, because we've actually watched... There's a couple television shows in there that we actually, like, wa watched together, which we never do, so... Yes. Which I'm kind of mad about, but that's fine. You always are. And we paid a lot of dollars for renting a movie this week. Oh, we didn't pay that much. You know what, though? We did. No, what? not really. It was a like month's $15. worth of streaming. That's like going to the paying Like, that's, you could buy one movie ticket is like 15 bucks. Explain to me now. how it was 15 and how it wasn't the 25 that we paid we for it. A, it wasn't 25. How it much was it? It was 19.99 plus there was like digital credit. Available. Okay, but that digital credit is, it's still like we've paid something for that. 
But that's not. It doesn't charge you twenty dollars, <laughs> so it charges you less. Okay, Calm so down. fifteen dollars. You're you buy like hosiery all the time. Hosiery. <laughs> what are you talking about? And you buy and you buy uh, makeup. I, those are two <laughs> things I don't buy. You're just buying like kitchen things and like aprons. To, you know, just calm down. I'm gonna stab you. <laughs> so we actually spent money to rent a movie. Yeah. Well, we don't go to the theater to get. We're not spending money going to the movies very often or ever. So you know, know. it doesn't cost that much. I know. Remember back in the day when we'd spend like I don't know, almost a hundred dollars on a babysitter and then. And now you're movie about and dinner. A movie that, like was in the that's still in theaters, by the way. I know a date <laughs> a date night could ago. cost us like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, it's better. Now it's better I'm like this way. I'm like fifteen dollars for a rental. I like it mm. better this way. Anyway, we watched The Northman. Yeah. Uh, this is from Robert Edgar. Uh, Robert Eggers, who made The Witch and The Lighthouse. I'm, I don't think you saw The Lighthouse. Nope. Because you heard about some uh, scenes and you're like, I'm good. You know what's funny <laughs> when you say that is that the only person or place or source I hear things from mm-hmm. about movies and TV is you. So. But then I said that. He's like, I don't need to watch that movie. Yeah, I did hear from you. <laughs> but now, see, now that you've had this more recent, like, uh, uh, appreciation of Willem Dafoe, don't you kind of want to go back and watch him just go crazy in that movie? Yeah, but doesn't... And what's his and name? Robert Pattinson's very yeah, good, too. Yeah, I'd watch it, probably. Yeah, it's good. If you turned it on and I was in the room, I'd definitely it's sit down. It's one of those movies that, like, I didn't ever buy because it's like, oh, they put A24 movies on Amazon or blah, 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 and now it's not there anymore. Okay, so... What did you think of The Northman? So The Northman is this big... Viking epic. Alexander Skarsgård is the lead, and he's a prince of a tribe, but then there's some deception and murder, and he grows up, and he's got to go avenge his father, who's played by Ethan Hawke in a kind of a wild Ethan Hawke uh, performance. You don't usually see him kind of be like that. Um, Yeah, it's visually kind of just gorgeous. Um, It's a pretty familiar story I would say in terms of kind of what it's about and the overall arc but I did appreciate um you know just the the vis- the spectacle of it I appreciated and I also kind of appreciated how you know it, it it's very feverishly busy for like 50 minutes and then it just like slows down and you think like oh wait we're at the place where he's supposed to be it's like is this movie gonna end soon you're like look and it's like oh no there's an hour and 25 minutes left and Part of me is like, is that, maybe there's too much going on here. They needed, maybe they shouldn't have slowed down. But I do kind of appreciate how, in those moments, like uh, his Skarsgård's character is kind of going after his uncle, right? And his uncle is not like they're all okay. First of all, they're all terrible. <laughs> they're all murderous or slave owners, and they're just mm-hmm. like brutal people, right? Um, but you know, like there's a there's enough in like that middle half middle part of the movie where uh you're like oh, this guy the uncle doesn't seem like i don't know maybe his dad was the bastard <laughs> like <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah they didn't play him as as a like obviously all bad mm-hmm. there was like moments where you're like ooh maybe maybe the dad was the piece of shit guy and then you're like well they're both kind of pieces of shit but maybe like the dad was more of one than this uncle yeah they're all pieces of shit what I appreciate about this, because I was worried, because I've, I've watched a lot of uh, 
These shows, you watch shows in Medieval shows, and I've watched like five, six seasons of The Last Kingdom on Mm -hmm. Netflix, which is, you know, loosely historical, and it has some storylines of Vikings, and and it's set during a similar time period. This one's a little before that, so I was like, oh, God, is it just going to be like an episode of that? Um, But it isn't, because it's got, what's his name, the eager... Robert Eggers. Robert Eggers. I mean, it's just a... It's like The Witch... Is that the name of the movie? Witch, yeah. The Witch plus, you know, yeah. Well, and The Lighthouse was a, a striking visual movie. It was black and white, and it was a box frame. Like, it was the like the old ratio. And then this is very much widescreen. And, it, I mean, it's notable because, like, it was an expensive movie. It got, like, halted by COVID. They had to, like, enact COVID precautions to finish. It ballooned the budget. And the second you start watching this thing, you're just like... You can see why I didn't like make a ton of money at the box office. It's just it's weird, and it's brutal, and it's not the kind of it's not Gladiator. You know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. gonna make. These are kind of a tough sell. If, if the Matt Damon Ben Affleck Last Duel can't, av- I mean, they tried to advertise that as like an epic. It really isn't. But the way they advertise that, you think like, well, there's the formula for making money with a movie like this, and that didn't make any money. So like, this one's definitely not gonna make a ton of money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's, it, I don't know, I'd rather see this than, like, a, a kind of a generic version where, you know, someone who's making it is not, uh, there's a point of view, you know, I, I appreciate that. I, I It's weird to have Nicole Kidman here until uh, it becomes apparent, um, like, she has some stu- comedy stuff in the second half, and you're just like, oh, okay, well, I could see why she probably wanted to do this movie then, because it yeah. just gets a little bit, you know... Bizarre. It's nothing you, like I said, it's nothing you haven't seen necessarily. It's just kind of the presentation is very striking. Yeah. It's a lot of like, uh, I'm going to avenge my father and get back my land and uh, yep, the yeah. whole thing. I, I mean, it, it would benefit from having more Willem Dafoe. He is really only in like the first half hour. And bar- and not And much not really in that. much. Same with Ethan Hawke. I mean, Ethan Hawke, you kind of, I mean, you get the sense right away that like, okay, well, he's only here for a few scenes anyway. But yeah, Dafoe would have been great to have more of. Um, because Skarsgård, I think, is good. He's very, like... He, he he can sell the visual of being just, like, this maniac Viking, right? Like, he, he looks the part. <laughs> you know, he howls and screams as well as anybody. I, I really like Anya Taylor-Joy as an actress. I, I don't know if that part is, like, great. <laughs> like, it's okay, but it's not, like... Uh, it's basically, like, a part two of her witch character uh, a little bit but it like they almost kind of under underutilize kind of like the sorcery element that she's talking about a little bit um so i could have i would have liked to see more there but i i don't know i think it has enough kind of um compelling ideas about like this time period and then just the visual aspect of it made it worthwhile watching so i mean i don't feel like i wasted our money renting it but that's me <laughs> i didn't say that <laughs> yeah i enjoyed it yeah it was good um, yeah, so that was kind of the big one of that. We did watch... Okay, so... <laughs> I don't know why you groaned. We've been meaning to watch uh, Ted Lasso. So we watched one season of Ted Lasso, It and it, I mean, as everybody knows, it's it's great. It's very good. It's very funny, right? Um, so we, we instead of going right into season two, though, uh, 
I showed you that like Severance was finishing up, like the the show that people were really buzzing about about a month ago, right? Mm-hmm. And you watched a trailer, and I was like, oh, I really like to watch that. And do you want to watch that? I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's probably good, but I don't want to okay, get like that is on not, a show. That is not how the conversation okay. went. The conversation goes, we're in Apple TV, and you're like, ooh, I wanted to watch Severance. And I was like, what's Severance? And you're like, oh, I've told you about this. And I, I said, like, I kind of want to watch it. No, you like, said, I want to watch it. Then I played half the trailer, and then I was like, ooh, yeah, like that is something I definitely want want to watch yeah, i want to watch it but it's a show and i'm just like oh, and then you said that as soon as we finished season one of ted lasso we could start it so then we did there was no wish washing this from either was of wish- us i'm just mad because like i this is a reason i don't get invested in stuff like this because severance is very good it's like very you know it's just you want to watch the rest of it it's got a great premise it sucks you in really good it yeah. has some losty elements in terms of like setup and mysterious companies and stuff like that and i that scratches a certain itch that i like um great cast adam scott uh, uh patricia arquette who's doing like two roles kind of uh christopher walken john Turturro. but yeah i mean like it's a stupid thing. Like, just fair warning. There's, like, a cliffhanger, obviously. And it's going to go on for seasons and seasons. And I just don't like being invested in things. So, garg, I'm mad at you. It was good, though. It's a good show. I'm just mad at you. <laughs> and it, I, I like the concept. I mean, it's a fun... I like it. Yeah. Yeah, basically, the pre- I mean, if you don't know, it's... Uh, it's a company that sets up a, a procedure in which you can separate your brain essentially. So you're 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 yourself when you're not at work, and then your mind is basically wiped, and you are a whole other personality. It's a different part of your brain that's at work, and neither side remembers what happens at either. Yeah, it so, severs you. It severs you. But what's what makes that kind of fascinating is that like essentially it, what it is is like the work your work person is like like a new person basically they don't have they have like some core ideas about some things but they don't have like memories it's, yeah it's really and... unclear they re- remember nothing from their personal life so it's i i they don't have know so many they questions have, they don't yeah. know if they have you know relationships they don't or know about kids. past history yeah. and so it's just this weird thing of like they're not they're they're basically like infants but they're adults you mm-hmm. know what i mean and it's very weird and uh yeah it's it provides a lot of fodder for uh yeah for dramatic uh, craziness and weird twists and turns. Yeah, it's great. I like it. Ben Stiller directed, I think, like four or five of the episodes. And so, um, the, yeah, it's, it's very good. I'm mad that we're going to have to be hooked on this thing and have to, like, restart an Apple subscription at some point whenever this comes back. <laughs> we still got to watch Ted Lasso season two and another third. Yeah, whatever. But whatever. It's good. Makes me mad, though. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, we watch anything else together right now. That's all we watched together. Okay. Oh, other than the last couple things you wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, so a couple other things I watched real quickly. Um, Firestarter on Peacock. There's the new Firestarter, which is in Stephen King book that they made into a nineteen a movie in 1984 that starred Drew Barrymore. Kind of like she's still a kid. She's after after E.T. Obviously, um, I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Um, I watched this new one. It's uh, in theaters and streaming on Peacock, which tells you probably how confident they were in it, because it's terrible. It is actively... Okay, I don't know... It's... it's, You'd think that it would be something, because it's basically a superhero type of movie with horror elements, because it's, like, about parents who have psychic abilities and a daughter who has pyrotechnic psychic abilities, and, like, there's an agency after them, and it's got a very much, like, a... 
superhero X-Men-y type of thing tinged with like Stephen King horror. So you'd think that that would be like um, something. Well, I don't know. It doesn't seem like anybody cares that there's a new Firestarter movie. Uh, and it like the movie treats it so it's so lame. Like it's 90 minutes and it, it just is like a lot of people just sitting around. There's a lot of nothing going on. Uh, there's flashes of action, I guess. Nothing that's, like, inherently, like, what you would pin as, like, a Stephen King-type element. Zac Efron is fine. He's really the only notable... I mean, there's a couple other people that pop out and out, but... It's, uh, it is terrible. I... I did not enjoy it. Not a good film. Glad I didn't watch it. Yeah, Firestarter. That's on Peacock. Another Peacock movie. It's not a Peacock movie. It's just on there. Uh, it's called The Outfit. And that stars Mark Rylance, um, and he is like a, a oh, like a. Uh, Come you, on, you can you do it. Guy that, what? What? A sewer. He's a tailor. Okay. He's a tailor. <laughs> it's like the '40s or '50s uh, gangsters in town, and he allows like the gangsters in town to kind of like stash money there and stuff. Well, this is kind of like a one location, one night movie where. A uh, guy comes in with a bullet wound, and all, a bunch of shit happens, right? And bad news bears, right? Um, it's okay. It's not a not a not a bad movie in any by any stretch. Um, I'll tell you what, though. I like Mark Rylance. I like him as an actor, but like his don't look up character is just lingering. That voice, and so he's in this movie, and I just was like, I can't. Like you motherfucker, you were too terrible in that don't look up movie, mm-hmm. and it like sullied my entire experience watching him because he's still like talking. He has like kind of a higher pitched voice, and so like that combination with like recalling that and like being like easily the worst element of that don't look up movie, I was just like, Mark Leon's, you're pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you are not able to separate uh, your personal feelings towards people sometimes. I don't. I, I don't dislike him as a as an actor. I like he's you know he deserved that Oscar that he won for like Bridge of Spies. He's great, right? But mm, that soft. I don't know. It's like the glass has been shattered on mm. that voice a little bit, and so I'm just like, it was fine. It wasn't like a great movie, but it was in theaters in the winter, and now it's on Peacock because it's a focus feature, and those show up there. Hey, I got a question for you mm-hmm. about something you just said. It's not related to movies, but it is related to TV. The glass is shattered. Is that a common saying? Yes, I think that you and I reference point for that. You and I reference how I met your mother. Mm-hmm. It's an episode where like there's a there's a, they and they actually like it's yes. about bad habits and stuff like that. And so then they you hear a shattering noise when you, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it, but like was it a saying before that? It was a saying, but like I think our use of it is mostly from how okay I met because mother. someone else used it recently and I was like, is this just like a common phrase that everybody knows, or is it specific? from How I Met Your Mother. I think it's common. I think our generation definitely is using that as the reference point, though. Because that's a very distinct, like, whole episode, basically, of that, right? Um, Anyway. That's all my side uh, comment was. Cool, 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 cool. So, yeah, okay. Um, We watched a couple things with the kids. That's what's next on the list. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Well, the one one other thing I'll mention is goes with our our featured movie. So, that's cool. Um, We watched on Netflix the animated series with our kids called uh, Samurai Rabbit, the Usagi Chronicles, and we watched this because I am a big fan of the comic book series Usagi Yojimbo. Um, you know, I was introduced to that through like my turtle fandom because there's been crossover with that, and so this is 
uh, from that creator, but it's um, it's not not Usagi. It's like a descendant of Usagi, and so it's like more in this weird like not futuristic, but like uh, uh, like a feudal Japan mixed with like some technological advances. And the main character is like the a distant descendant of Usagi, but that plays a role in the story. It's definitely like toned down. It's kid, it's kid friendly. Um, there's fighting, but it's not violent like the Usagi comic book series. There's not a lot as much death and stuff in that. Um, and now, you know, Netflix is struggling, so who knows if they probably won't get another season. But I mean, I was very happy to have this Usagi thing in our life and I was I enjoyed it for what it was it's not like a great animation but uh, I don't know we watched the whole thing with them like I Kids wanted to, like to really like it yeah. I wanted to really like it it wasn't uh, I don't want to like criticize it mm-hmm. but it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be it also hurts a little bit because then we popped on the Usagi's three episodes in the Nickelodeon Ninja Turtles series mm-hmm. and those three episodes are great <laughs> and for 10 years ago awesome. to think that that was 10 uh, years ago 2012 well yeah but those episodes aired in like 2016 so. oh excuse me yeah. eight years ago you're really hammering me on these dates today babe that's six years 2012 2014 2016 to 2022 would be six years listen. so you're making you're getting on my case listen but then you got it i have a disability around dates and okay. times and you're just being no, really but those mean are, to me those now. are really good episodes and, and it's the you know it's the usagi character and some of those elements and so yeah that's really awesome but no i don't want yeah i mean i thought it was all right i i would watch more of it if it came to be but i kind of doubt that's going to happen given how they cancel they're canceling shows before they're even like made now on netflix Ugh freaking netflix so yeah there's that and uh oh yeah so we watched with the kids uh well three and a half of the kids we turned on uh an old millennials movie it would be uh jurassic park we're not going to do an episode on jurassic park because why are we not going to do an episode on jurassic park because it's the most perfect movie ever and it would just be like one giant circle jerk yeah correct so this, uh, you know... Jurassic- Were you just seeing if I was listening to you? Yeah, I was. I was. It's because I'm over here Googling the shattered glass thing, and it's not. I can't find it. It's not a thing. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Keep going. Well, I want to have a conversation Fine, with you. Fine. I'm having a conversation. I don't care about the shattering glass thing. Yes, you thought it would be a great idea to show this movie to our four, six, eight, and ten-year-old. No. Okay. So the, <laughs> the eight-year-old has been wanting to watch it for a long time asks about it all the time because yes. he's watched the camp Creta- they've all and watched he's, camp and Cretaceous. he's not like a giant he, he no. likes scary things our seven-year-old wasn't worried about her and sure enough she was completely unfazed watching it totally fine with it it was our and then so then our four-year-old we let him be in the room for an hour and then we uh when the t-rex uh, breaks out was when we uh sent him out of the room to go on an ipad so he did not see any of the um scary elements right but then our almost 11 year old was the one who of course as predicted was like terrified out of her mind watching it but i don't know she seemed to have a good time being scared she did she was like yeah that was scary <laughs> I'm glad I haven't heard any reports from her of nightmares or anything yet. Yeah, so it definitely. And we did like, like watch it in the middle of the yeah. day. We didn't watch it at nighttime with the lights off. I feel like that would have just like amped. I the was told up. to bring down the volume a few different times, so uh, you know. I think our TV's really bad at honoring the sound balance in movies. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was not. I like I said, our, our seven-year-old. 
I don't think she's just like, yeah, it's something I watched. It's fine, whatever. Moving on with my life. And I was like, were you even watching the she was same she movie the entire time? She just doesn't. It's not faced. Which is I know cool. she's watching it, but is she just like somewhere it's else. Of, it's I'm laying groundwork, so I I hope that they will have a memory of seeing it early, so that when they are older, they can at least be like not like everybody else that's lame. It's like, well, I like Jurassic World or whatever. No, although you like you, Jurassic Park, you were getting a little irritated when they were like, oh, this is in the video game and this is in the Lego Jurassic Park. You were like, yeah, yeah, like, it's yeah, from this it's movie. It's based off that. <laughs> it, that's what's weird, right? So like we're showing them this, and I would say that like. They didn't have a reaction to it like they had a reaction to say Back to the Future, which is yes. an equally great movie, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it's because, like, well, they have all these reference points. Mm-hmm. They have a Minecraft pack of Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, and they've have they've seen me and they have the Lego game. They've seen me play Jurassic World Evolution where I'm, like, putting the cars down and then I'm letting the T-Rex just whack into it. Um, <laughs> we've watched Camp Cretaceous. We've watched the entirety of Camp Cretaceous. So they have a huge reference point for Jurassic Park. And so, like, the newness is not necessarily there. But I, that's why when we watched it, we were trying to point out, like, okay, that was, like, a animatronic T-Rex. Like, that whole giant head is the size of that car. That's not CGI. Mm-hmm. They made that. And when, when you have a kid who's, like, a maker who likes to yes. make things, he's like, What? How? Like, I think in yeah. his mind, he's thinking, like, cardboard. He's, like, trying to think how he could make a dinosaur. Yes, yes. And, and watching him process, like, how cool that looks is inspiring, I think. Yeah, that so nice. it was, yeah, I was experience Like, for me watching it, man, it's a movie that I could watch. So I'll sit, sit all the way through without any kind of boredom. It's amazing. Um, what I will say is that we will... <laughs> The, the series of watching Jurassic Park ends with this one because The Lost World has got a way higher body count. And then, actually, 3 is probably fine. It doesn't have too much of that in the movie. Um, that one's probably okay. And then, like, yeah, the new ones are just vicious. I mean... they the, I, I don't, I don't want to sound like an old man, but, like, the PG-13 is really... Uh, really uh jumped up in terms of le- well, how much violence are allowed in these uh these movies and so i i you know i i think it's you know it depends on the kid obviously i don't think it's a hard and fast rule of what kid can see what obviously but yeah i don't know they don't necessarily need to see the brutality of the new ones at least for a little while so maybe maybe your oldest but she's the one who's like was <laughs> freaked out by it so <laughs> It's because she has such an active imagination. Yeah, totally. That, like, she's there. It's yeah. freaking her out. And she's, yeah, yep. And then, um, oh, the last thing I'll talk about is a lead into our movie. Um, so I watched Valley Girl, which is uh, a, a 1983 Nicolas Cage movie um, that it's really early in his career, obviously, and he is playing kind of like this bad boy kind of like love interest to this you know quote-unquote valley girl it definitely has like the look of you know those um 80s sex comedies a little bit it, you know it's definitely i was you know i was reading in age of cage another drop for that is that you know it definitely came out and there was like this there was a mandate it's like well we got to get make sure there's like four shots of boobs in the movie and like you know we had to like hit the things but then the movie itself is kind of like not that it's more of a thoughtful uh story about a girl who kind of is in her own little clique and then she kind of has a kind of an appealing relationship with the nick cage character um it's good it's uh 
not like a not like a crazy Nick Cage performance. It's not gonna like uh, you know. I think he's definitely making bolder choices in Peggy Sue Got Married. We will talk about that. Um, oddly, I was gonna watch. I f- was meaning to watch this. There, in 2020, there was a musical version of Valley Girl that came out that starred not really anybody except for the gal who I really like in the Happy Death Day movies. And I don't understand oh. how she's not I know, more she's popular. I know, she's so good. Because she's good in those movies. But this movie came out, I think, right when COVID was like, ev- when you know everything was just like canceled or shut out, right? Mm-hmm. And then it just quietly kind of like put out on, you know, whatever. It has like fairly decent reviews. It's a musical. Um, and so it's definitely going to be a more heightened version of that. But I'm curious about it just because like, oh, this is not awful and... It came out and nobody remembers, and I has at least one rep, frame. Rep, you know, and now I've seen the old one, and I kind of like that actress at least in Happy Death Day. Um, but yeah, I didn't watch it. I think it's on Amazon Prime. But Valley Girl is on Amazon Prime. You can watch that um, if you have a Prime account. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that leads us into Peggy Sue Got Married because that's just a couple years later for our Nick Cage. Oh, Peggy Sue Got Married. Yes. Well, okay. High stats. What do you remember? I only wrote, I literally, okay, well, here's the problem with the way you remember, as I made fun of you earlier. You had not seen it, and I wrote down that I'm pretty sure that I also had not seen it. So, is this an old Millennials Remember Movies ever uh, episode, or is it an old Millennials uh, see old movies for the first time? That's part of it. <laughs> we do this occasionally. It's not the first time that we've not had a reference point for this movie. It's interesting to watch it with fresh eyes without the, the tainting of nostalgia. I on I'm honestly not sure. I wasn't sure when I wrote when we sat down. Had I seen it? I think when watching it, I realized that like no, none of this really rings a bell, other than um, kind of a couple of notable Nick Cage scenes that I'm aware of just from my Nicolas Cage fandom. So um, no, I don't think I had seen it, and so there's no point of doing a, a Nick or a doing a Nick Cage. Uh, a what do you remember? We can okay. We'll just briefly say what it is, and then we'll do high stats. Okay, sound good. Uh, it's basically, so in 1986, uh, a year prior, there's a little movie called Back to the Future that came out that, um, I'm sure a lot of people, you know, saw the relation between the two. Um, this is a movie about a woman who's played by Kathleen Turner, who goes to her like 25 year high school reunion. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's gotten divorced from her husband who she married like right out of high school and she got pregnant and that he's played by Nicolas Cage. Um, they're separated. They're divorced. He was he cheated on they're her. They're separated, not divorced. Oh, yet, they're on yeah. the verge of divorce. Yep. So she goes to the reunion and with and takes her daughter with her instead of him. Yes. And he shows up, but like before about twenty minutes, she uh, faints and she's on stage and she faints and she wakes up and she's been transported back to nineteen sixty when she was in high school, her senior year of high school. So we should have watched that Rebel Wilson movie that's on Netflix, that senior year movie, which is not the same premise, but it's about like uh, she goes into premise? a she's a, goes into a coma on like she plays a a cheerleader who like goes into a coma and then twenty years later she wakes up and then she decides to go back to school. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I don't think it's supposedly great, but it would have been a good reference point mm-hmm. to uh, this movie, right? We're mentioning it. Um, so yeah, so then it becomes like she's you know. Uh, and, and so the movie is not, there's no make, there's no young de-aging makeup going on here. Maybe with Nicolas Cage a little bit, but, uh, no, Kathleen Turner just looks like she does. I mean, they make her look a little bit younger, but there's no like uh, malarkey with that. There was mm-hmm. no budget for such things, I'm mm-hmm. guessing. So what are the, uh, hit us with the high stats. 
high stats. <laughs> Give you all the time to prepare. You did, and then I was like clicking around and reading, and I made you a document. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You did all. I could just go over to there, but I didn't put the release date or anything in there. So, oh, that's the one thing I was looking for. Uh All right, so uh, uh, Peggy Sue got married. Yeah, it's a movie. Oh, it came out uh, October tenth, okay, nineteen eighty six. Okay, I was almost three years old. Okay, you were young. I was also young. Were you alive then? I was alive. I don't know if you know this, but I can't calculate years and dates and stuff. I was alive, but I was maybe, you know, two as well. <laughs> uh, 1986. Okay. It was a budgeted. Okay, I'll just jump to that. Yeah. How much was it budgeted it, for? $18 million? Okay. That's kind of like, where did they spend $18 million uh, in 1986? Probably in the uh, production design and the costuming. It did get an Oscar nomination for its costumes. So there's that. I want to see the receipts on this movie. Kathleen Turner probably cost some money. It was know. mostly set in high school, so show me the receipts. A, a high school set in 1960. Oh, it's because it was directed by what's his name? He's probably just like spending them dollars. Yeah, it's directed by Francis Ford Coppola, yeah, obviously guy. of The Godfather and Apocalypse Now fame. Uh, this is kind of a. I'm trying to think of the timeline of this. He either had a, not a, such a big hit, or was gonna like this was like a this was a reasonable success, but it's kind of like no no one really thinks of it as like a Francis Ford Coppola movie. I certainly don't. It earned forty one and a half million. So pretty that's good. A pretty good. It doubled return. its budget. Yeah, that's solid. Uh, it stars. It stars all the people. Kathleen Turner. Man, I really did just click the. Hell I gave away. you a document on the on. The oh actors. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. You did. You did. Oh, I just exited. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, if it stars Nick Cage and uh, Kathleen Turner, who got an Oscar nomination for Best Actress. Yeah, what else is she in? Still lots of things. You could look. <laughs> what do you think she's in? I only remember as like after this, mostly like she's older and in like I'm not as uh, well versed in the Kathleen Turner uh, uh, filmography. What do you think this movie was rated? P O. PG? 13? PG-13. Okay, I was trying to think if PG-13 was around, but yeah. Clocks in at an hour and 43 minutes. Yeah, good length. Yeah. Didn't have an didn't, issue with the length. Yeah, it didn't feel too short. Kind of wrapped up naturally. Didn't have to go into any uh, weird things there. It was written by Jerry Lechtling and Arlene Sarner. Thanks, you two, for writing a movie. Is Arlene a girl or a... I don't know. Probably sounds like a... But, you know, you never know. Okay. 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 <laughs> I mean, people have names. Um, It also stars Barry Miller. Barry Miller plays the uh, kind of the, the nerd kid who becomes like Richard. the billionaire mm-hmm. who's like very successful but was like not popular in school. Mm-hmm. Also, Catherine Hicks is her good friend. One of her friends. And then Joan, Joan Allen, Allen is also one of her other friends. So and, there's mm-hmm. people there. And Kevin O'Connor. Kevin J. O'Connor <laughs> plays like this beatnik uh, guy who is uh, Kevin J. O'Connor you might know I remember him from like The Mummy he's like the obnoxious sidekick character deceitful sidekick character in The Mummy he lasts pretty much the whole movie but yeah, anyway he's with Brendan Fraser that Mummy movie um, which we should do an episode on that um, <laughs> and then also Jim Carrey is here um, seemingly at the start of this movie it seems like he's going to be like a major player in this movie because like he's at the reunion heavy and then in the first few scenes in the past, he's around, and then he kind of just drops off. He's not in past, like, uh, you know, he pops up here and there, but it's not, like, a, a large role. It's weird to see him in something I haven't seen him in, 
And he's very just like being Jim Carrey. Yeah, I mean, it, it very much the over animated fate. Like, just wasn't you know. Like I think it, you said like, it was he wasn't ready to pop yet. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, it's like he he was a little early there. People weren't ready for him. But he has it. I mean, he has that energy in the movie. It's just that it's a supporting part, and it it just it is a little out of place with the tone of the movie, I guess. Um, so there's that, and then Helen Hunt is here as Peggy Sue's daughter in the early scenes at the reunion. I believe Helen Hunt is about the same age as Nicolas Cage. So that's a little bit weird. Who's, uh, yeah, who's playing her father? Yeah, <laughs> but that's whatever. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much covers the 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 cast, the high stats, the main the main cast anyway that we see. Um, yeah, so, you know, it, it's a pretty appealing premise, I would say. Like, it, it, it definitely feels like a, like something you're like, oh yeah, that seems like a relatable story. Like, you're propelled back in time a little bit. You have knowledge that you don't have. It's kind of a what if scenario. What would you change about your life? Yeah. If you, if you could. Yeah, I think when you gave me the list of movies that I could pick from and I watched this trailer, I was like, oh, I'm in for this. Yeah. And we have our like 20 year high school reunion is as many other old millennials, you know, are hitting their 20 year mark around here. So I think it's very like relatable in that fact where it's like, oh, what would it be like to go back to your senior year of high school and relive some of those moments yeah so it just automatically at our age i feel it's like draws you in and then the extra hook is you know essentially like the knowledge that okay she gets married to this guy right after uh high school she gets pregnant like this is the decision point essentially for what her next 25 years are going to be right and so Mm -hmm. having that knowledge um she has to kind of deal with that and so um i'm curious what your thoughts are on that and i i don't know how that factors into uh, the Nicolas Cage performance, um, but you're curious yeah. about what my thoughts are on what? Just the the idea of um, whether or not that arc works. Of you know, she 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 almost goes with the knowledge of like, there's absolutely no way that I want to marry this person. I know it's going to end badly, and therefore I'm going to do everything I can to not go down that path. And then um, the movie weird. makes a point of trying to maybe turn that on its head it's weird because one she has a, a daughter who yes. she clearly loves yes so like choosing to not be with him is gonna end her and make her not exist anymore so they don't she doesn't really even like address that she just say like oh i miss my kids but like mm-hmm. there's never like the connection she has another kid too we just there's no see. connection of like oh if i don't marry charlie mm-hmm. fucking nick cage well the, we're not entirely sure what is even transpired here yeah. because like um, it could be that she just dreamed it, right? If not for the book inscription that we see at the end of the movie from the beatnik guy. Um, I think there's no real evidence to suggest that, like, she she tram traveled or she got nothing actually happened to her, with the exception of this book detail that we that we find later. But um, so but so that's a weird thing that she doesn't consider that possibility. Yes. She never considers that it's a dream or that it's no. She takes it at face value that she has somehow gone back in time and she's living in her younger self's body and she's re-experiencing but then she's like i'm definitely going to stay away from charlie and then she's like no i definitely want to fuck charlie and she's like no i don't i hate him no i do want to be with him wait no i don't i thought was very like very fucking teenager like for like someone who's supposed to be a grown-ass woman but it changes from scene to scene like she'll she'll rebuff him (laughs) and then she'll go and try to pursue the beatnik guy Mm -hmm. or she'll start hanging out with um the the nerd character 
and they start not that's not romantic relationship he's just they're trying to like well we're gonna be rich together let's come up with ideas like this is oh pantyhose and uh the computer chip but, yeah and, but yeah. like but what she doesn't i mean and i think she even acknowledges at one point is that like well he doesn't need he is destined to do Greatness, make invent yeah. things invent his own things he doesn't need any kind of push i think it's just like so part of it is that um and he does ask her to like marry her, but like, and that's the other weird thing about that character. Like, uh, she sits him down and like explains what she thinks is happening, and he, for the most part, just kind of buys in on the premise. It's just like, okay, yeah, no, you're probably from the future. Okay, well, let's roll with this. Mm-hmm. And so that's so she has like someone that she can talk to and you know someone that she can confide in a little bit. But um, but yeah, I mean, between all of that, she's going after the beatnik, but then she keeps going back to Charlie. She's clearly like entranced by like the charm of him still. But, like, yeah, from scene to scene, it's just like, oh, yeah, no, I'm breaking up with you. And then the next scene is like, well, we're going on this date or whatever. And it's just like, well, oh, yeah, I thought you broke up with him. Why are you going on a date? It's so, it's so confusing. <laughs> it is. And then he's, like, over there picking her up and getting a pan full of Rice Krispie treats from her mom. And... <laughs> because there's a social calendar they're going to try to keep. Because right off the bat, Nick, Clay- Nick Cage is, like, he's plays Charlie. And he's talking about, like, oh, yeah, well, we're going to we're gonna date through this, and then we're going to break up. We're going to have our relation, you know, we're going to try our, sow our wild oats, mm-hmm. taste the waters, or test the water, taste the waters. Or taste them, T- you know, whatever. Test the waters. I'm going to get my music career going, and then uh, we'll, we'll get married. We'll get married. <laughs> so that's all very weird. Like, well, yeah, we're going to stay together for, like, a month, and then... So then part of his arc is realizing that he doesn't want to necessarily, like, go sow his oats or do a certain thing, right? Um, but, yeah, it that's where we start off and you're like okay i guess she's off gonna go do whatever she wants i suppose but then she keeps coming back to him keeps coming back to him so it's very weird um and before we talk to nick about nick cage okay. because yeah. it's gonna just be and that's all we're gonna be able to talk about right no i have other concerns you're <laughs> obsessed with nick cage i am obsessed with other things that are very upsetting to me very upsetting yes in like upsetting in terms of the quality of the movie or just like the the moral the, no things that happen in the plot of the movie oh you have issues with yeah okay well i want to talk about some things that i really like <laughs> okay okay um i really appreciate how once she goes back she um after spending a few minutes at school goes home and, and she's just like so happy to be around her parents and to be around her younger sister who's played by sofia coppola uh, and not distractingly so, unlike Godfather 3, but, you know, before she's a director, all that, she plays the younger daughter. She doesn't have a lot of scenes, but um, she's just, like, really happy to uh, spend time with them. And I thought that that was all really well done and very relatable in terms of just kind of, like, you know, something that's clearly lost. And I don't remember, like, for me, watching the first part, I, I almost regret not being too deep and trying to pay attention to what she was saying so much as trying to get my bearings because I'm I was going back trying to think like well did she mention anything about her mom being this way or that way and it's like I was having because there's so much going on in the beginning in terms of where they are and new people getting introduced that it's easy to just kind of like lose some of that and so I made me think like well did I miss like did I miss anything key here but ultimately didn't matter because I just I, I found that to be a nice kind of like in a movie that's kind of pitched as a comedy this feels like a nice like this is what you would do and this is a nice thing and i like that i think it's equally good when she sees her grandparents toward the end um there's a whole other plot with that that's weird but um that scene in itself of them her visiting them and clearly some people who are gone now right Mm -hmm. um and having that connection and she named her daughter after her grandma and and all that i think it's just very sweet right um so i liked all those elements of just like the things that she would make different or the things that she would do are really just kind of like 
enjoying the opportunity of, of getting to just kind of redo the things, right? Like enjoy what you have or what you had, right? Not necessarily changing a lot of things. So I thought that was fascinating. That's my problem with this movie. Okay. Okay, this is the thing. Okay. And it's because it's like, it's like, yeah, that's how they finished the movie or that's what they decided, but they left some shit out. <laughs> yeah. And I was just reading that that shit was in the screenplay. Okay. And like then what? they just didn't make it. So I know that I was obsessed with this character as soon as she was- The a, mom. Nope. Introduced. No. At the high school reunion, this friend rolls up in, in her wheelchair, wheelchair right, yeah. and you're like, oh, this is going to come so to play. So who is that? You're like- I was thinking, okay, clearly this person because was injured in high school. And there's a there's a distinct scene, like the way that scene plays out is like a close up on this character. Her yeah. words are very intense and they matter to, to Peggy yeah, Sue. Yeah, like they have a, good, a and relationship. And then it's just like, all right, like what? Then we never fucking see her again. Okay, so what's going on with this? Uh, So apparently in the original screenplay, the wheelchair gal, so then at the end of the movie, I was like, well... Okay, maybe the maybe this is just like an inclusive movie, really like breaking. No, in not the 80s? for fucking the eighties. No, I was like interesting to have a character in a wheelchair that doesn't have a p- purpose. Well, Mac and in me. the eighties, um, over the over the cliff, Mac and me. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so in the original screenplay, she was a gymnast okay. and had an injury that landed her in the wheelchair. So is she a character in, in the old in the in, older scenes? No, that's all cut. It all She's got not fucking, in the movie at they all. They didn't either. They I didn't was film it or like they that cut it. Chick was like the same nope, They just either didn't remember. film or they cut it. So in the original screenplay, she tries to stop the accident from happening, and then and then figures out that she can't. And so she learns that like whatever she does here doesn't oh, change. Oh, they wanted to eliminate the rules. future. Oh, well, that would be a key detail. Yeah. Well, but then that would see. I can see, see why they yep. cut it though, because yep. then. Your conflict is gone, right? Like, I can't change the future, so it doesn't matter whether I choose to marry Nicolas Cage or not. And But that, but that sort would, so of have also of explains her, like, laissez-faireness about a lot of things in the movie where she's like, I'll be with him I won't. It doesn't fucking matter because it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, that, I can see how they why they cut it because it just causes an issue of, like... But does it? Or does it explain well, okay. her fucking behavior in the whole movie? It would... Okay, it would... Because what this movie lands on is that nothing has changed when she goes back. Everything that happened, happened, right? But she has to make a choice on whether she needs to, wants to give Nicolas Cage another chance, if they want to continue the relationship. So if that arc was continuing, she couldn't change anything in the past, then the actual dramatic tension, the dramatic arc of the movie is like, well, it's about forgiveness and it's about like giving someone a chance and I really care about them in a, in a certain way. To me, that's like a better movie. Well, yeah, it's Eternal Sunshine with a spot of mine. But and yeah, and yeah, I am later, left but... with fewer questions because I, like, know the rules of the time-traveling right. game that we're playing. Yeah. Because I was so confused when, at the end of the movie, she gets this card that clearly indicates that she changed someone's life mm-hmm. by being in the past. And yet, Nick Cage has still cheated on her and she's still contemplating divorce in this moment. It's very fucking confusing. Well, and we get the book, because obviously... That's what I mean, like, the yeah, book. the book, because she, I mean, one sub- string of the subplot is that she bails on Nick Cage at one point, of several points, goes out with this guy that she's been attracted to, is this Michael or is the other guy? I can't remember. Yeah, it's that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and they go and have, like, this night where they're riding on his motorcycle, they go out into the, like, a field, and it's... They're banging. They imply that they have sex, right? Yeah. And, and so... From second there, I was like, well, wait, when was she supposed to get pregnant? Like, is she going to have a nightmare scenario where she ends up getting pregnant with, like, this guy's baby? And, like, that's a whole other movie, right? Um, 
but no. But then, like, um, what turns out is that, you know, she thinks she wants it. So, because at the reunion, she, that Kevin J. O'Connor's not at the reunion. I don't know why. Like, that's another weird choice. Like, some people are not there. Yeah. And I thought maybe, well, maybe he looked too young and they didn't want to, like... But no, he looks about the same age as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and he... Uh, it turns out is a writer and like she always wanted to you know be wanted to date him or sleep with him right so she gets to fulfill that dream right but then like you know i think at one point she decides like oh she wants to actually have a relationship with this guy well no he he wants to go run away to, to utah, utah and uh <laughs> have a polygamous relationship he knows someone down there already he's gonna write and he's just gonna have multiple wives and she's like out on that you know she's sammy so she's sammy so did that right out of the way um but any she says like oh it'll just be that one that one night under the stars we'll always have that and that's what's written in the like, the book comes out you know yep. she gets the book and that's written in there so like that happened and so she did change something when she went back see that doesn't make any fucking sense well Okay. I don't. I have problems. Like you have to make a commitment when you're going to do a time traveling movie. You have to lay out well, the clearly, rules and play by them through the whole filming. Not try to go back after or go back midway and like. Well, clearly there was like the, it's what, an hour forty. Clearly it was like a, it chop, was chop. decision based on like okay what is this narratively doing for us versus like what is ruining the overall vibe of the movie what's ruining the overall arc right yeah so um, yeah so then there's that scene though. and then I feel and I haven't seen anything on this but there's another scene with her mom yeah where you see her mom making a phone call talking to someone and she's clearly like selling some shit and she's like okay yeah I'll, I'll, you'll get me the pricing on that like she's clearly willing and dealing either to supplement income for their family in some like shady ass way of selling shit he bought a shit. new car and the husband yeah know. or she's planning to leave and is trying to finance herself which is very difficult to do in 1960 mm-hmm. um, and so when the mom comes out Kathleen Turner's like hey what are you doing and she's like what are you doing? She's like, oh, you know, I was just talking to a political guy. I'm going to be like a Democrat. So you better not mention anything to your dad. You know how upset. So it's like clearly like the mom's trying to hide this from the dad. Yeah, it's weird. And then not, <laughs> not another fucking word about that plot point. The rest of the fucking movie. No, it's over. And her mom's at the end of the movie, too. No, no, no fucking mention again. <laughs> Unless I was like missed it. I might have missed it. I don't know. Uh, I had a hard time feeling thinking about any of those details because all I was thinking about was Nicolas Cage. Oh, my God. I'll let you. I mean, <laughs> okay. should probably play a clip of how he sounds. So here's the thing. He, Francis Ford Coppola is his uncle. He gets cat. I mean, so Nicholas In real Ca- life. Yes. <laughs> Nicholas Cage is playing this game in his early career of like, okay, I want to be an actor, but I don't necessarily want to, you know rely on my name you know to get hired but nevertheless is getting cast in his some of his uncle's movies and like he you know mm-hmm. they, by all accounts is claiming that like he earned it you know he's I mean, and he's a dynamic actor obviously he's proven that he's a, a great actor in things so but he gets cast in this and this is he's already changed his name to cage i think at this point or yeah right around here and he makes the decision to uh, do a voice, and the voice is what he described as Pokey, the character Pokey, like the horse from Gumby. <gasps> mm-hmm. So it's like this high pitched, and I, I kind of give get it a it. go, give it a go. Let's hear your best uh, take on it, there, Tyler. My Wang, <laughs> he says Wang at some point, right? Um, oh, when she's like... yeah, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's tough. Okay, so I have some thoughts. 
before okay well famous like so the issue here is that he nearly got fired from the movie because this was nobody's idea but his he shows up on set starts doing it Kathleen Turner is just like what the fuck you doing bro and Francis Ford Coppola is like what the fuck you doing bro and he's just like well I know I really I feel strongly about this this is what I really want to do I think it's important to the character and like it it nearly comes to blood like he nearly loses out on the movie right he nearly gets recast so so the story goes. Kathleen Turner has in subsequent inter- like she's talked about how this was not good on the set cuz it was just like driving her nuts and she felt like it was taking away from real the movie. Person talks. She thought it was taking away from the movie. You know, I think in another subsequent interview she kind of talked about like, well, I I get the, you know, I see what he's doing and I, you know, I, I can appreciate like an actor taking a swing and feeling adamant about that blah blah blah, but you know, tension. And mm-hmm. this is not this is this will not be the end, the last time he does this. <laughs> he he makes choices, and those choices are are sometimes like with Vampire's Kiss. He has a very specific idea of what voice and character he's going to do, and you know that director was like, "Yeah, all right, let's go, go ahead." And then other times, I think he you know I think he sounds like he did not have a necessarily a great experience working with the Coen Brothers on Raising Arizona. Um, so yeah, it's this weird voice and. I mean, it's certainly something. <laughs> you gotta wonder, like... It's definitely memorable. Um, I Part of me thinks that his choice of it, he knew... So, you think he's 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 pursuing music, right? Well, then you gotta... Like, then you remember that it's 1960, and it's not like... It's not like a band. <laughs> no, it's just like four dudes. It's like a barbershop quartet, yeah. kind of like dreamboat, kind of like... Um, I'm trying to think, like, well, Jersey Boys type of, like... Uh, it's a lot of harmonizing going on. A lot on. of harmonizing. Yeah. And the way that he sings, like, it checks out. You're like, okay, no, I can see why he's he doing that high. voice. He sings high. He sings high. So, like, I, I wonder if that's the root of it, right? So it doesn't sound, like, so jarring or doesn't sound like he's not doing it, right? And he does sing, like, he's singing in, you know, they have a little scene where they do... <laughs> and it's a very funny, very weird thing because it's, like, this part where... Kathleen Turner, this is the point where she like decides she wants to bang him still. I know. After watching him do this performance on stage, she's just like, like, oh, oh, yeah. And I don't know if that's ever happened to anybody ever. I mean, it's not, <laughs> not doing it that. for me. Yeah, I wasn't Oof. doing it for me either. But, um, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just. Now, what I'll say, too, is that I think that the performance and what he's trying to do is trying to undermine the character, right? He's trying to... Because here's a guy who's got, you know, quote-unquote good hair. I mean, it's goofy, but... It's not... <laughs> but mm. It's big, blonde, but, but, like, for the time, like, you know, he thinks... The character thinks he's really cool. He's really he's hot king. shit. Mm-hmm. He's king of the school. He's not a mean guy, though. He defends, like, the nerd kid when people are making fun of him. And he Does says, like, he? no, no, he's a nice guy. He's writing a book, which I thought was a great line because he's like, he's writing a book about kite construction, by the way, like the millionaire I know guy. it was his school project or something. No, he said he's writing oh, a book. that's right, he did. And yeah. Nick Cage, like, defends him. And Jim Carrey tries to make fun of him. He's like, no, no, he's a nice guy. He's writing a book. Um, <laughs> so I like that. So he's not like a mean guy, but he's definitely like, he thinks he's hot shit. He's got a hot shit car. You know, he has this band. He thinks he's going to be famous, right? He's got a popular girl, and you know, her girlfriend's popular, right? And so I think the idea, knowing that this guy turns into, like, a car salesman, right? You know, he's just a teenager with a goofy voice, and he's not hot shit because he's 17 years old, and that's kind of what he was going for. And in that regard, it it works. Like, he's doing what that... he's He, he had a plan for the character, and he, he executes it, right? Mm-hmm. 
I think that so that in that regard, I think he's giving a good performance. What it does for the movie, I think, is a different question. <laughs> because it definitely kind of takes over the movie a little bit. I, yes. Yeah. However, okay. he avoids the whole like trope of that character that we've seen a thousand in every fucking movie. <laughs> So he avoids yeah. that because, like, he has no power in this movie no, whatsoever. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, he's a joke. I mean, he, I mean, he, he's just this dumb kid, right? So I, I like that. Yeah. I like that because it does allow Kathleen Turner to like be the star. Yeah, yeah. It's for not sure. like the Nick Cage show. No, I, I think it's. It, I think what it does to the movie is it. I think it hurts the ultimate decision making of like yeah because then it's like really you're you're gonna still pick this That's guy. That's the issue. I, okay. I think that like. I mean, okay. That's the part that I think kind of hurts it. but Because they don't have, like, because he's doing that, you can tell there's no chemistry there between the two of them. Yeah, I don't know if there's much of a... I, I definitely believe that his character loves her. I do not see her affection for him in any part of the movie. Like, I don't... I'm not convinced of why she likes him. And it's hard because we're seeing him through... The eyes of a forty-two-year-old woman who's about to be separated from is yeah, divorcing that's him. True. So I could see how there wouldn't be spark from their eighteen-year-old selves. Yeah, because she's like, "I'm fucking done with you," but is still trying to like have sex with him at one point. And we have this and very that is like, not viable, memorable that's scene the point. Yeah. where they're in a car, and it's kind of a, it's a, it's a, oh man, it's a fascinating scene because it's like, it's my word of the day today. Fascinating. 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 No, like. So she decides that she's like horny for him and they want to like they're in the car and she wants to sleep with him and he kind of freaks out in a great way. I think she says like, oh, I want to see your little his name is Charlie. He's like, oh, I want to see your little Chucky. He's like, what do you mean? My my wang? Do you mean my wang? Very funny. Uh, <laughs> it's so memorable because he makes like the O face from the guy from the room. My favorite His guy. mouth gets so wide when she's clearly touching him. That's what that guy was going for in the room, by the way. Clearly, he was doing Nick Cage and Peggy. And, and right. clearly, it, I uh, job guy. Oof, I don't know if I can ever get this image out of my mind now. Yeah, it's pretty great. But like, and he like, it, what's what's weird about the scene is like, he's freaked out because like a week before, like before she's been gone back in time, he was like they were having a similar situation in a car where she was saying like, oh no, I don't think we should. We should wait till we're married. I, and if you love me, you'll wait. And he accepted that. And so now it's like a week later. And he's just like, and he points it out. It's like, well, you said that we were, you said, I've now you say, I, if I love you, I have to right now. And he just like loses. He freaks I, think, out. I think he's, a, I think he's, he's processing it as you would expect. He's like, what the fuck? Last week you said we can't have sex. Yeah. And you said that if I love you, I'll wait. And now you're saying I have to have sex. And if I love you, we'll have sex. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. It's pretty, I think that's an appropriate, like, yeah. Girl, you going back and forth, but, man, but it breaks it breaks the like <laughs> like dude expectations. You're like, why would you turn this down? Yes, it is. It, and that's like the, the point of like it like this does not go as how you usually expect these kind of things. But, but I mean, there's a similar scene in like um, Back to the Future, of course, though, because like sh- his mom is always just trying to like go after my, you know, that's his mom, thought. though. Yeah, no, I know, but I'm just saying like there's that there's a power shift there too, as similar, but. Um, then of course Biff tries to take it all back, doesn't he? Uh, fucker. Charlie, let's make love. What? You mean sex? <laughs> intercourse. You want to have intercourse? 
last week and you said, what time is it? Holy cow. It's late. A lot of things have happened since last weekend. But you were the one who said we should wait and you were right. We should wait till we get married. Well, I, I know I must have believed that when, but when I said it, but the, oh, doesn't Lucky Chucky want to come out? Huh? No. Your love machine, your throbbing thrill hammer, your thing. You mean my wang? So then the other, like, wacky, uh, another part of his performance that's crazy is that, like, uh, there's a later scene where they've gone back together, they've not gotten back together. He goes to see her, and he's found out about her dating beatnik guy. And so he sneaks into her house, and he doesn't just sneak into the house. We see him outside the house, and he's creeping, and he's got his fingers out like he's no fucking Feratu. And he's just, like, creeping and, like, dingling it's his fingers around. It's significant. Like, he's... It's, it's, it's definitely... That's what he's doing. Significant. As I, someone who has read and, and knows about Nicolas Cage, he likes... Like vamp, like Nosferatu. This is that's definitely what he was doing. Do you think so, that like he was trying to be like a seventeen, eighteen year old who would like be like, Ooh, I'm well, yeah. And earlier he, right when he first goes, when she goes back in time, he says that he's a vampire, which is a nice little like. Cause very soon he's gonna be yelling, "I'm a vampire" mm-hmm. in another movie, right? Um, but he like when she's like at the nurse's station and she wakes up, he's like, "I'm a vampire. I'm gonna suck your blood." Blah blah mm-hmm. blah. And he's just mm-hmm. got the crazy hair, and you're like, "Oh, I Nick feel Cage. like it's odd, but it's also kind of like in line with." That's his not character. even the weirdest part. The I next know. part is the <laughs> weirdest part, where he goes in there, sees her sleeping, picks up a pillow, and then contemplates suffocating her. What is yeah. happening? He holds the pillow over her face. And like he, and then he's like, "No, no. Like, what were you gonna do in that moment? You were gonna like kill her." What is going on? I mean, it doesn't come off as playful. No. Yeah, it's this is this is this is what's concerning. There and then and then he he's like get up. Let's go down to the basement and talk. Yeah. And then the way he talks to her is just like red flag, red flag, red flag of like this is a future like yeah, domestic w- violence relationship like the power but then it's he, well, fucking weird. It does for a second, and then it goes back to him being kind of pathetic. Oh, right? it's so weird. Because then he's just like, I have the car, I got the hair, and like he's like, I'm not gonna be like I'm like, I'm I better than this. And then he like goes into like a pathetic run. It's like, I'm not gonna be like my father selling appliances and chasing women around the store. That's not gonna happen to me. And it's like we know that's what's gonna happen to him. And so like there's this it's it's good it's it's very big acting but it's like again if you root it in the character and what he's doing like it works and it's a good performance i just think that like it does just take away from her dramatic like a key dramatic arc like we need to know i need to know i need to understand why she's like okay with him at the end of the movie and i i don't know like i don't see how you wake up from a coma and you see the guy you're just like uh. yeah it didn't happen. The trans, the transformation did not happen. I think it's supposed to be there, but it's not. Um, I don't know if it wasn't written or it wasn't edited in or they didn't pull it off. Because I get why you'd want to have your kids, right? But they, she has her kids. Like, why are you giving him another chance? Because he's sweet? I, I mean, I guess he's, he's sweet and he does seem devoted and he's upset that she was hurt and like Helen Hunt or someone says that like he's been at she hasn't left the hospital bed and like he you know has realized that he made all these mistakes right and he's almost to the point where it's like 
he's saying the things that you would say if you were on the journey that Kathleen Turner, like, it's almost like the way he talks to her in that hospital bed is like, is as if he went back in time and realized that he had this relationship. That's how he's behaving. But he, that's, as far as we know, that's not what happened. Yeah. <laughs> it was the other character that did that. Ah. Uh. So it's weird. So I, I, I think it's, as a Nick Cage uh, a super fan, it is definitely like something you have to watch because I think he's very good at doing this very particular guy but I also think it undermines the movie <laughs> and I also think look, there's something missing in the, the screenplay a little bit to kind of connect the dots here because yeah I don't necessarily understand why she wakes up and thinks like yeah nope this is the guy I super love you she does say it's going to take some time yeah she isn't like like it's perfect she's like i'm gonna still need some time she's just like made the decision i couldn't help but remember like to think about and it's not fair because this is a movie that came out well after it right but it does it the dramatic arc is what eternal sunshine of the spotless mind does only with that you definitely feel like there's heavy regret with what the jim speaking of jim carrey jim carrey has chosen to erase you know what i mean like he erased the bad times but he also erased the good times right and so that way that part you understand of like him not wanting those memories to go right and so there's there's a little bit of that here it's just like i don't i'm not necessarily seeing which is weird because the movie's so thoughtful about making sure that she appreciates her time with these other people in her life right yeah the scene with the grandparents is and sewing a note with a guy that she was always wondering about right like and being nice to her little sister yeah who when she first sees her little sister I swear to God, I thought the sister had died too because the way she reacts, she's just like, oh, "It's you." But they have a bad relationship in the in the future. Right? Yeah, so well, you know, yeah. I, I, so there's some of that. But yeah, when it comes to this key relationship, it just feels like it's a little bit short. Um, there's also this like, she makes several comments when she's watching him sing of like, "Wow, he's actually a good singer." Yeah. And so then I'm thinking, okay, maybe he's going to like have some sort of singing. Nope. There's no changing the future here. So it's like, I ah, is it just that she's like growing this appreciation for him? Maybe, maybe it's a thing where like, you know, he, her memory of him is that he's a schmuck, right? A joke. He does cheap, you know, cheesy car commercials and he sleeps around or he cheated on her. Right. And what he, she ends up realizing is like, well, no, he's just like this goofy kid. He's sweet. You know, he, he thinks he's cool, but you know, he, you know what? He he wanted to do music, but okay, he he actually had a pretty good voice. And then he decides that he doesn't need that. And he, he does like break down and say like, I want to be with you. I want to marry you now. I don't want to have to do all those things, right? Um, so, I mean, there's that. I mean, he he commits to her, I guess, is what... But, the scene but committing he, 20 years in the past, knowing what happens later, yeah. is not really the same. In the scene where he's committing to her, he's like, oh, I'm giving up my music career, and, and Dad's going to give me 10% of the business. And Today, or, yeah. He's so excited about it, and that doesn't sell the story of him. Of, to, I don't get it. I yeah. don't get how these dots are connected. Or is she thinking, like, at that point, like, well, it's important that I have my daughter, but at that That's point... never expressed, no. other than, oh, I do miss my kids, but, like... But that doesn't make that her choice any different at no. the end because her kids are there at that point. So, yeah. Okay. So then <laughs> this movie also takes a very bizarre turn for about five minutes. Uh, we go to uh, oh, yeah. the grandparents, right? Very sweet yeah. scene. And then, you know, she tells them, like, this is what I think is happening. I think I've time traveled, blah, blah, blah. And her grandparents are like, well, I mean, we're old. I guess we believe you. <laughs> like, it sounds like some, you know, Satan stuff. Sure, whatever. So they believe her. And so, like... We get this, like, it's, she's going to leave, and it's just like, okay, well, this was a nice scene. We're going to get to the end of the movie. And then the grandpa's, like, in the car with her, and he's like, I think I know I can help you. And you're like, okay. And so he, they go to their 
his lodge, in which, I mean, you correctly, the only thing I can think of is that it's a stonecutter's lodge. From the Simpsons. Homer Mm -hmm. and everybody are here. Everybody has a unique hat in this place. Everybody has a different, Mm -hmm. like, space-agey type, like, it's not like, okay, so they're purposely trying to make sure that you didn't get, like, Ku Klux Klan vibes, right? Because it's, like, purple and all the hats are crazy wild. No no hoods, you know what I mean? So that's good, right? Immediately when I because when these talks go into the lodge and he's talking about me with the guys, I'm just like, oh god, he's like a KKK member. She drove down to the south and oh boy, um, but no, apparently he like it's such a quick line. I almost missed it. You had to remind me. He says like, oh, our founder was like said to be some kind of time traveler. Yes, from yeah. like 500 years ago. Uh-huh. And so there's like a, a sequence, you know, not a long sequence, but like a good couple minutes where they're like doing like some kind of ceremony where they're going to transport her back in time. It's so weird. <laughs> and then it like Nick Cage shows up and like grabs her and like seemingly kidnaps her. Like he thinks that she's in danger. And listen, actually, I think that's probably a fair bet. Look at these crazy people. And you're like, usually like rituals with old men where a young woman seems like a like, bad idea. You're going to get murdered and sacrificed. So like, fa- I mean, fair point. Grab her. Right. That's probably a good play. But like then this weird thing just ends with like, oh, the girl's gone. Well, I must help her. All right. Well, better play cards. And that's it. <laughs> They're like, all right. Well, that works. And then we just we go to the end of the movie and it's like, OK, we had this weird aside with grandpa and his weird stonecutter friends who have a, a cult where it was a time traveler and they have rituals with women. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> was her grandpa's name Leo? I don't recall. Okay, I gotta look it up because that was These his last film. These people are um, notable. I think they're in the with. I probably wrote them down, but I can't. Yeah, are all the old millennials will not uh, know the names very well because I don't know them either. So, I was just reading some fun facts. Mm. Uh, the original screenplay also had her be- becoming the inventor of pantyhose. <laughs> okay. And what? convincing her friends to invest in like Xerox. Oh, oh, I'm kind of glad this shit's not in here. I like a little bit of that with the friend who's like, yeah. oh, like you do too much of this and it becomes too, like, it's just like, I, I like the movie, like, I like Captain Marvel, right? Like that Marvel movie. But like, I don't necessarily need like that scene where she like lands in Blockbuster and she like sees like the right stuff and like is winky. Like, oh, Blockbuster. Like, I don't know. We don't need like a little bit of that goes a long way, you're right? G- you're good without that. Yeah. Like we don't need a ton of that already, right? Like, in Back to the Future, you're getting a lot of that. But at least in Back to the Future, a lot of it is its own, like, it's its own lore, its own stuff. Like, the almanac and, you know, the references to the family and stuff like that. It's not a lot of, like, hey, you're going to invent Xerox. No. Don't need that. I ran out of... You chose to do research when I ran out of things to say. What? Now you're in trouble. Because now what are you going to do? Well, okay, I had seen a few of these articles as I was uh, pulling stuff up the other day. About mm-hmm. the like uh, Nick Cage suing Kathleen Turner. Yeah. What about? Oh, about this movie. Well, I told you there was a fight about it. And they nearly, you know, they got fired, and she was not happy. Nope. Um. So she wrote a biography. Yes. And she mentioned in it that like, oh, he, during Peggy Sue got married, he got like arrested twice for DUI and for stealing something. He contends that. So took her to court. She lost mm-hmm. and had to like they issue settled. a public apology mm-hmm. and make a donation. Well, he's a crazy guy. I mean, I'm not, no one's saying he's not, right? Like, that's... No, he... Like, we watched that interview of, like, around 1990 for a while at heart, and he was talking about, like... 
Because, like, it's the Cotton Club where Richard Gere tells him, like, you got to calm some of this down, otherwise you're not going to work anymore or whatever. And he did take some of that advice to heart because he, you know, was able to kind of start working with people a little bit more without making such wild, big swing choices that kind of alienate everybody else around him, right? Um, So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely that going on. And then, yeah, I don't know because I haven't seen Raising Arizona in a while, and I, you know, I understand that that's contentious a little bit. At least with that, it seems like... You know, that's a whatever choices he was making in that like fits the tone of that movie, mm-hmm. and that's good, right? Whatever they ended up having to happen, or what the Coens ended up doing to make that happen, right? But with Peggy Sue got married, it's like no, he's he's doing a thing, and I think it's good, but I don't know if it's right for this in this moment for if you're talking about her arc, right? And if that's what I find so fascinating, like so she gets an Oscar nomination. Because it's a well-reviewed movie. Uh, Roger Ebert and Sis Gene Siskel, they loved it. It was their number one, like, favorite movie that year. Yeah. I and mean, so maybe some of that is that Francis Ford Coppola heat, right? Yeah, I have thoughts on that, but finish your thought. No, I was just I was just saying, like, the of the Oscar nominations, I think Kathleen Turner is very good. I don't know if she has, like, what you would call a quote-unquote, like, big scene or anything like that would really, like, drive it home. Like, she just, you know, he's, she's she's got a scene partner who's just, like, trying to show over overshadow her at every corner, right? Um, and then, so that's fine. I think she's good. Um, costume design, I get that because it's mm-hmm. like 1960 and they had a lot of costumes. But like cinematography was it was its third Oscar. And I was like, for what? And I just I, that feels to me like a Francis Ford Coppola like Halo a little yep. bit because it's not like shot in a in a particularly like amazing way. There's some interesting choices, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's like the more well, a dynamic I mean I'd have to look at the other movies from the year I guess to like really decide but it's a very like a movie like this would never get like a cinematography nomination these no. days it would be it's too it would be too st- you know too standard you aren't doing anything crazy right so so I have a theory on why uh, Roger Ebert loved this movie so much and Gene, we watched the clip Gene Siskel was yeah raving. they both loved it so much yeah. so I had a little thought Mm-hmm. What year was uh, Roger Ebert born? Oh, 1942, which puts him at age 18 well, in 1960, boxes, right? which then puts him right at okay. that 25-year reunion mark, right when the movie comes out. So, like, he is clearly, like, vibing with the content in the time of his life. I get that. Um, like, spot on. I mean, we all do like that. We just talked back. about Jurassic Park being my best yeah. favorite movie. And maybe, it's like I mean, a trip back to when he was in high school, so I'm sure that like nostalgia there definitely played a role. Plus, the Francis Ford Coppola. I think those two things okay, together. But, and, you know, I, I can't remember if, like, I, I feel like he's a big American graffiti fan, I'm sure, because that's that time period, and I'm just wondering what Maybe that's true. I don't. I don't know. I think. Mm, I that's. I just. I I'm not a, saying he's obviously. He's not an untouchable critic, Tyler. No, no, no. Like he's but, gonna definitely be influenced by. No, I'm just life. saying. Like for me, I'm trying to want. Like okay, like American Pie is a high school movie of our generation, right? And like I've seen that in the last couple of years, watching it from a 20 year lens, and I can appreciate like the 1999ness of it and being in high school at that time period and having a. A, a hormonal boy brain, I guess, at that time. But I wouldn't necessarily like. I don't. I don't know. Like I. It just feels like. I'm sorry to say, American Pie and like Peggy Sue Got Married are kind of on the same level in that regard. Like they're not like amazing movies. They're just like they got some issues and there's some nostalgia factor. But like that's not enough for me to be like this is the best movie of the year. I don't know. American I just think this- Pie. What are you t- like? What movie come came out now that does a flashback? to 2000. I don't 
I don't know. I don't love all those movies though. Like I mean, we Captain Marvel does it. Um, there's a lot that do it. Um, so I don't know if you're making a one to one comparison. I'm not making. A, I I know I'm not making a one to one comparison. I was just trying to think like of having a lens of twenty years and looking back yeah, on the time period count, of my high yeah. school. Well, you no, know, but he's. The premise is what he's hooked on to, not necessarily like being in high school in 1960, I no, guess. No, but I think it's the, the concept of being our age. Yeah. And then going back and experience. The whole premise is relatable when you're right in the seat of the character's age. When you're like, I'm this age, I have this age. But we are the age of these, this character. A, yeah, and I enjoyed the movie because I'm sitting there thinking I, like... Really? You're so... I have no idea if you enjoyed this oh, movie. Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm <laughs> automatically hooked into with the premise, right? Okay. Because... What's it like 25 years post to go back to your 18-year-old self and have to go to, like, fucking math class and there's a fucking test? Like, good God, I still have nightmares about that. It's an interesting premise. Yeah, oddly enough, I don't... I Like, I, I like the premise as a movie, but I don't have, like, a, a nostalgia tinge for it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think about it that way. You know what I mean? Because you're, like, dead inside? Maybe. Or? Yeah, maybe I'm dead inside. <laughs> Is it because you would would definitely not want to travel back to your senior year of high school? And, like, what fucking bullshit that would be? No, I don't know. Like, I... I, I it's fine. Like, whatever. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's not something I think about all that much. I don't know. No, of course you're not thinking about it that much. But in the context of watching this movie, you didn't think about it? Not really. <laughs> not really. Because it's, like... It's so specific because it's like set in the 80s or going to the 60s. It's not a time period that we're familiar, like that we lived through, right? And then like, you know, she's in a very different place in terms of like her life. You know, it's all like it's it'd be one thing if this movie was framed through the lens of like going back and reliving. Right. But it's not really about that. It's about this relationship and how this relationship has ended up poorly. And so it's weird that. Like, that's what hinges this whole thing. And the things that I like about it are just kind of like the yeah. not related to that conflict. Right? No, I definitely see that. But I think that that played a role for Roger Ebert and Siskel's uh, just. I think it's good in a lot of ways. Love. I just don't know how it's like. I don't think I don't think the they year. pulled it off. I don't think this yeah. movie pulled it off. Well, I as think evidenced it had, by the fact that they cut out this woman from this uh, scene in the wheelchair. I think it was a hot woman. mess, and it. I guess the writers were like a married couple, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And then they never wrote anything together. That <laughs> happens a lot. Like, there's a lot of like lone screen. Like, and they do probably a lot of like stuff they don't get credit on. A lot of writers will end up doing like one big thing, and then they'll have a career of ghostwriting or you yeah. know, no credit, right? But, man, that happens a lot. Just, like, people that come up or... So maybe it was just, like, their big swing premise that they got sold and then that was it. Yeah. And then they just cut it, they hacked it to hell and got disillusioned, didn't want to work anymore. Yeah. Yeah. This movie didn't pull it off. I was just thinking when you were, like, uh, saying it would be more interesting if we got to see her, like, lived experience more... And a movie that does that that we've talked about is Never Been Kissed, where she, like, goes back to high school as a grown-ass adult. Yeah, that movie's not as... I would say that movie's not as good as this either, but... Yeah. Mostly because of the icky, like, teacher vibes of Michael Vartan in that movie, but whatever. Yeah, can I... I I would uh, watch a movie about this, or a TV show about this, just to make you mad. A TV show? About what? About someone who time travels back to fucking high school. Probably, probably, probably out there for you already. I'm sure. I love time travel movies and shows and stories. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I it. The other thing is that I think it. You can't help but re- think about that it came out a year after Back to the Future. 
That's and not this movie's fault though, because you know that they were being made like simultaneously. No, I know that, and I don't. I'm not not in terms of the story being the same. I just feel like when I'm thinking about like how airtight Black to the Future works, even though like it's got a lot of weird like contradictory things going on, right? But how like confident it is and like just a, it's like no, this is what we're doing. This is what the mission is. This is what we have to do. This is what happens if we don't do this. And like to have a movie like this, it's just like ah, we don't know what's going on. There's characters that might change or not. It, it's just a weird, uh, a weird thing. Like I, I, I suspect that like Ebert and uh, Siskel and Ebert didn't like think Back to the Future was the number one movie the year before. So I'm just like, why is this better? I don't think it is. I think it's because Francis Ford Coppola made it. Ah. Uh... It's like I mean, it's I, the guy who made big. the Godfather Part Two and the Apocalypse Now, and it's just I don't no I, I don't want and I, I think it's great I think it's great that this, this is a movie that exists that I love the Rainmaker which is like his last uh, like kind of big notable movie in the '90s that like nobody cares about but I think is actually quite good that Matt Damon lawyer movie and that's the Francis Ford Coppola movie and like you know I appreciate that he's not just the guy who made the Godfather right but um, yeah I don't know I, I thought it was good it wasn't. Uh, I just have so many conflicting feelings about it because I like I like the Nicolas Cage performance of it all, even though I think it's just a huge distraction to the movie. I like the premise of the movie to a certain point, and then I don't think the two things come together correctly in the end. So I don't know. Yeah, he Roger Ebert gave this Back to the Future only three and a half stars. Well, if you just go by the stars, man, it doesn't make any sense. And he gave us four. To four. That's outrageous. What the fuck? Well, first of all, Back to the Future is like perfect. I, oh, so that's is, why I'm just like, what, what's happening here? Like, how did these two credits get, just get so swept off their feet? Well, a lot of people did. It got a, I got three Oscar nominations. It was well-received. I know, but... It was Siskel, a hit. Siskel's always saying, like, I wish Siskel? the... Huh? Gene Siskel or Roger Ebert? Siskel. He's okay. he's the one in the group. Whenever they're... I, we're watching videos. He's the one who's always like, oh, I wish I would have seen the movie where... And he'll, like, make some criticism about, like, how the movie went wrong, but, like, it was almost getting there to the right point. This is the movie to fucking say that about. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, I just loved it. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll, I will say this. I think that it's my, my voice cracked like Nicolas Cage is cracked in that one scene in the basement. If you remember that. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm becoming Nicolas Cage. Um, <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I would rather watch old videos of Siskel and Ebert uh, making broad statements than watching 99.9% uh, .9 of like uh video YouTube vlogs of people reviewing movies nowadays. Oh, oh, oh my god, god, yes. I mean, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I will not dispute that with you. Where, you know how, like, I don't know if you're on YouTube that much, but, like, the people that have, like, popular channels, like, they'll, or popular-ish channels, they, you know how they use, like, they'll make little images for the screen jab, right? Like they, the thumbnail? People and the, decide mm -hmm. that they want to ha have control over that, right? So they make one, right? Well, most of these people only have, like, they do pictures of themselves in like a few different poses and all the movie ones are always just like holding their chin and like like squinting and I'm just like fuck you <laughs> I like how you're like personal. I don't even like their opinion is probably like maybe they have a great opinion and they're really smart but if I see that little thumbnail I'm like fuck that guy <laughs> that's it I'm making a YouTube channel and I'm gonna make your face like and I'm gonna pondering make you do faces that. or yep. like oh god fuck you fuck off I'd rather just have like a blurry random clip from the thumbnail than you doing like a pose of like what do I really think about Scream hmm. 5? Mm -hmm. Doctor Strange 
best Marvel movie or worst Marvel movie? I love how you're making fun of yourself for doing, or making fun of people for doing the things that you do. We make a podcast in which we just ramble for two hours. There's no editing. Sir. Number one, we're just talking. Sir. Sir, Number I'm two, not rambling. I, I'm so prepared. I have to formulate articulate. my reviews and my thoughts in written form. Harder. <laughs> What's this written form you speak of? A newspaper or some yeah, shit? Yeah, this is, yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. Oh, humble brag much, Tyler? No, oh, I don't. I'm for a newspaper. Oh, humble brag. You know how much I get paid for it, so it's not really a brag, is it? I wait for... <laughs> I love it. It's you. like $4. <laughs> No, I just don't. I don't even. I don't even necessarily hate the some of the videos. I'm just saying I don't like the the thumbnail of them like squinting and like grabbing their chin. So do we own this movie now? No, it was. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, it was just on Hulu. Okay. Is this a movie that you'll ever return back to? Uh. Never say never. I might revisit it. Like I'm good for now. I got too many Nick Cage movies to to go through in my journey here, but. Uh, uh, no. I mean, I, yeah. th- I wouldn't say it's like a, a no a no go. Okay, well, I'd say the assignment to other old millennials out there is to give your boomer parent a call and see if they remember Peggy Sue got married and see if they liked it. We didn't. Oh, we forgot to mention that the movie is like titled after a Buddy Holly song from 1959, which plays in like at the beginning of the movie and stuff. So that's where that's from. I'd play it, but I don't want to get in trouble. No, I'll do that. All right, well, thanks for listening. This has been another episode of Old Millennials Remember or Watch Old Movies. Yeah, it was just ones we hadn't seen before. It's not that old, but yeah, you know. Well, how old are you? Are you old? I just, it is old, like it's old, I guess, but like, I don't know. Movies have been around since for a while, so to say the 80s are old is weird to me because it's like, well, there was like 80 years of movies before that, so yeah, <laughs> you know. I don't know. It's just a weird thing to say. That's all. It is old. It's like four to 35 years old. Yeah. It was like decades before our kids were born. Yeah. The, kid, the kids could have seen, watched this, actually. They would have not enjoyed it because it had been boring, but there's nothing really in it that's like uh, a sex talk, I guess, but they wouldn't have even caught any of that. I mean, I am curious to see. I just know that a couple of our kids would be like, what happened to that fucking lady in the wheelchair? Oh, you know what? Okay. I remember now, actually. <laughs> it... It was in the movie. I read this, but it's too similar to that scene in Mac and Me where that kid just goes off the cliff. It's like, oh, we can't do that. And this is why we need a YouTube channel so we can show the clip. Paul Rudd loves showing it on Roll the, the Conan clip. show. Roll the clip. All right. Thanks for listening. We will talk at you another movie. My wing. You mean my wing? <laughs>